Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the frog to my toad. Keith Caulfield, how's it going, Keith? Um, it ain't easy being green. Yeah, there you go. You got you got some you got some laughs in there. I'm actually wearing green today too, so it makes oh, sense. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, Keith, my my frog to my toad. We have so much to talk about today in terms of the chart world. We're going to talk about about Sam Smith, Ed Sheeran, Linkin Park, Jennifer Lopez, Iggy Azalea, Nico and Vince. Sam Smith again, because we're talking about his Al Madden single. We're going to talk about Maroon 5, Shakira Pitbull, and so much more. I also want to talk about, we, we didn't prep for this, but I want to talk about some of our favorite music of 2014 so far. This is going to be the last podcast we record in the first half of 2014. Let's give some music recommendations. And um, yeah, let's, let's do it, man. You ready? Uh, yes. All right. A little bit hesitant, but not bad at all. So let's start... With the woman of the hour, Lana Del Rey, Ultraviolence is her first number one album. And Keith, what did it sell in its first week? It sold a ton. Uh, okay, a ton is not actually the, the official number. I apologize. Um, so Lana Del Rey's Ultraviolence album debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 chart with her biggest sales week ever. And actually, the biggest week for a woman since Beyonce's album debuted la- or was was on the charts in the top 10 last December. Ultraviolence sells 182,000 copies in its first week, uh, the weekend in June 22nd, according to Nielsen SoundScan. Um, it's her first number one album. Uh, her first full-length album, Born to Die, actually debuted and peaked at number two on the chart, and it sold yeah. 77,000 copies in its first week. So uh, go Lana. And... Um, I will pause for a moment because I'm sure you have a lot of questions about Lana Del Rey. Well, sure. I mean, 77,000 copies Born to Die debuted with in 2012, but it's it's interesting to note that that album had a lot of momentum and eventually reached 1 million copies sold. Ultraviolence, bigger debut. And, you know, what we've been talking about offline is the fact that she really hasn't done much press for it. You see someone like Jennifer Lopez who had an album come out last week as well. Sam Smith's been all over the place. Lana Del Rey sells both of more than both of them with really very little promotion. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the... I'm writing about this in my column in the magazine this week, and I wrote a little bit about it 
in our story that's online. It's interesting that Lana has basically been off the map, like off the radar when it comes to promoting the album in sort of the conventional ways that an artist, a major artist would promote an album. She has been on tour. Yes. She has released music videos indeed, but doing the typical good morning America today show late show with David Letterman, you know, stroll through VH one, do a sit down with Ryan Seacrest, all that stuff. No, she's not doing that. Um, in fact, the last time she performed on American TV was more than two years ago. <laughs> she yeah. hasn't performed on American TV since March of 2012 when she was on American Idol. Speaking of Ryan Seacrest. Um, and that, so so she has actually performed overseas in Europe, I guess. Um, I don't have those dates, but when I was talking to her publicists in the U.S., they told me that she's done, I think, three American interviews to promote the album. Yeah. Um, I think NPR, Fader, and the New York Times. Uh, there may have been more, but that's all they told me. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I think that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, so she, you know, it, it's it's kind of the less is more approach, <laughs> it seems like, with her. Um, perhaps, and, and, it, and uh, you know, it's interesting when she does choose to do press, it's it's always sort of she's she attracts a lot of attention and you know she did that interview with the guardian a week or two ago where she said that she wanted to die basically yeah um and in the same breath you know because they were talking about you know how she idolizes young stars like kurt cobain and amy winehouse um she's fans of them and they all kind of have this common thread of they all died when they were young and the interviewer asked her about that, like, do you find that glamorous or something? And then she basically said that she wanted to die when she was young. And the interviewer posted the clip of the audio um, to just make no bones about it. Like, you know, are you sure this is what you want to say? You don't really mean that. And she said that she did. Um, So then, of course, Kurt Cobain's daughter tweets to Lana, and Lana has to tweet back. And, you know, so maybe it's better she doesn't do interviews because you do one interview and suddenly (laughs) everyone's really paying attention. Well, what's interesting is you, while you're writing about her from a chart perspective and, and the fact that she really hasn't promoted ultraviolence too much on TV or in the press, I've written about the fact that ultraviolence seems like it's going to really influence pop music. And one of the ways is artists, like you said, kind of taking the less is more approach, not really putting themselves out there too, too much. And Lana Del Rey is an artist who has kind of embraced these contradictions around her going so far as to say, oh, no, I didn't say that in this interview. And then, you know, the, the, the audio comes out and it's like, yeah, you did say that. I, I think it's it's about it's it's all about this mystique she creates. Yeah. And as well as I, I think it's going to be influential. And I, I again, I wrote about this. The fact that ultraviolence is number one. It doesn't really have a breakout single, nor does it have a song that's that catchy. It, it's all of its music is is kind of you know languid and and kind of sprawling and those are good words to describe Delray's sound. <laughs> yeah, seriously, languid. <laughs> but I think you know you think about artists, pop artists, especially female pop artists who want to make something a little bit more difficult. They're gonna see ultraviolence and say, hey, you know what? I don't have to necessarily make a new album that's centered around huge huge hooks with max martin and dr luke maybe you know i'll decamp to nashville and and make my artiste moment happen i think i think it'll just be interesting to see what ultraviolence does 
because people are paying attention to this album. It's the number one album in the country. And yeah, I, I it, it'll be fascinating to watch moving uh, forward. I want to say that um, we, we've we seen, uh, well, there's two things to say about this. One, when you say, oh, well, now will other artists say, I don't need to get Max Martin or Dr. Luke to produce my... Mm. You know, Lana Del Rey is a very specific artist, and this is this whole thing, this entire way of being as an artist that she has been doing since before Born to Die came out, since video games premiered. It's the mystique of Lana Del Rey. She is what you basically project onto her in a way. Um, I, I can't speak for all of her fans, <laughs> nor can I speak for Lana Del Rey. I can only speak for what is sort of messaged to and interpreted by uh, the public. And she is an artist of the Tumblr generation where everything is seen through a hazy gauze and, you know, smoke and, you know, mystique and drama. And it all adds into this whole aura around an artist. And when you don't do press and you don't do the conventional interviews where you can be asked by Matt Lauer silly questions on the Today Show about, you know, <laughs> so how's your new album doing? Oh, it's great. I love it. You know, it, you know, this all helps her foster that kind of sort of persona and fandom and popularity because that's what, that's what she is. That's, that is the character and person that she is. They're all one and the same. The other thing I was going to say was that the less is more approached. We've seen that work with other artists um, in the past year. And we've noted this before when Beyonce's album dropped out of the blue. Hey, uh, when Daft Punk's album came out, they did not do, they had not performed on a single TV show. And the only TV show they did was the Grammy Awards like a year later. Um, And David Bowie came out before that. And David Bowie still to this day has not done a single performance to promote the album, has not given a single interview to anyone in the world about the album. All he's done is release the album and release music videos. That's it. And those albums were all... David Bowie's album was very successful for a David Bowie album. Daft Punk's album obviously went on to win the Grammy for Album of the Year and was a huge success. And Beyonce's album, well, we know how that one turned out. So, <laughs> it you know, for some artists, it works really well, this kind of less is more approach. Yeah, another one that jumps to mind is Lord because last summer when Royals was really starting to slowly creep up the charts, we ran a co- cover story on her. A couple other people ran larger stories on her, but she really didn't... She didn't really saturate the market too, too heavily. She kind of picked her spots. She performed at a couple select shows and she's at a couple select festivals this year. She's not really overextending herself and still there's a lot of interest in her. So moving on to an album that might have a big debut next week, Ed Sheeran is back. Yes, the Sheerios are going crazy about Multiply, his sophomore album and follow up to Plus came out on Monday, June 23rd. Keith, do you have a sales projection for that album? I do. It's going to do maybe over 200,000. Um, so wow. bigger than Lana. Um, it's, it's not a competition, folks. Um, but it's good that he came out uh, this week instead of the week earlier um, because that way, 
you know, we can spread out the number ones a little bit more. So yeah, it'll be Ed's biggest week ever. Um, and his first number one album, if all goes to plan, of course, anything can happen as the days tick by that number will, you know, increase or decrease. And, you know, who knows what the weekend can bring us. But right now, it seems like Ed Sheeran will be number one with his new album. So Multiply is going to have one of the 10 biggest debut sales weeks of the year. Probably. Yeah. Definitely. There, <laughs> there, haven't, been that, there haven't been that many albums that have debuted with over 200,000 no, copies. No, like Eric Church. Uh, and Coldplay, Brantley yeah. Gilbert. You, um, you might have that list in front of you and you're, and you're I do, just joking. Hey, I do not. I'm ticking them off off the top of my head. Keith, what do you think about this number? Um, does it surprise you that, that Ed Sheeran's going to sell this many copies of his second album? You know, not really. It's because he operates as kind of like a junior Taylor Swift in a way. Um, yeah. Where you can sell a lot of tracks and have hit singles like Taylor does. But at the same time, you still make an album that people want the whole package because your fans are interested in you and your body of work, much like Ed Sheeran, much like they are interested in Taylor Swift. And I bring up Taylor Swift only because he toured with Taylor and their besties and their BFF. Yeah, they work together. And, For real. And, and they have the sort of, you know, kind of in a way, kind of a little bit of the same sense of humor. Um, and I think it, the, the, his fans really like that. They they want to hear the whole story from Ed. Um, they don't want to just hear sing. That's just the tip of the iceberg. They want to hear the whole thing. And with with some other artists, it really only translates into one song, and you're not really getting a full body of work. And it's really hard to convince the public otherwise sometimes, especially when you've had a track record of just, just being a singles artist. And Ed hasn't just been a singles artist. He's he's released you know a body of work with his last album that people really resonated with, and that's why you're seeing this big, huge number with the next album. Yeah, what I admire about this album, I don't know how closely you've listened to Multiply yet, but I, I've had it for a few weeks. What I really admire about this album is that Ed Sheeran really could have made an album that was 12 A-teams, basically, of just, you know, heart-wrenching folk music. He didn't do that at all, really, with this album. And I think Sing, the lead single produced by Pharrell and influenced by Justin Timberlake, hinted at the diversity of this album. These are... Uh, you know, a collection of songs. This is a collection of songs that goes in so many different directions. There's soul music. There is folk music. That's kind of at the center of what he's doing. But there's a lot of times when he's rapping like the uh, like the streets, like Mike Skinner a little bit. And I think people are really going to connect with that. I, I think that he is so multi-talented that that bravado just kind of wins you over. I, even if you don't love, you know, the A-Team or Lego house, there's something to appreciate on this album for, for anybody. And, and like you said, to your point, it's, it's making people want to buy the whole album. He's released a bunch of different songs. He released a ton of songs yeah, before was, the album I, came out. I was going to say, he, he actually released uh, eight, eight songs from the album before it was released um, through iTunes. And yeah. if you pre-ordered the album, you would get all of those songs upon pre-order. And, um, it was interesting that this is sort of this came up in a meeting that we had, and I'm 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 not positive if it's unprecedented, but evidently you can iTunes will allow you to release half of the album 
before street date towards the pre-order. So what Atlantic, which is Ed's record label, did was they connected all of the pre-release tracks on iTunes to the deluxe version of his album, which had 16 songs. Um, The standard album on iTunes, those pre-release tracks are not part of that pre-order. You would pre-order the deluxe and get the the pre-order tracks. So if you looked at the standard album, which I think only had 12 songs, eight of those 12 songs were actually out before, but they were all connected to the deluxe version. It's very complicated. Basically, the idea here (laughs) is that um, more and more albums are seeing more and more of their tracks come out before the album is even out. So in effect, most of the album has actually already been kind of, quote unquote, released. <laughs> it's just all driving those pre-order sales. And I, I asked the label, I said, you know, did did you guys see um, sales spike because of the pre-order campaign? And I, I, think, I think it helped. <laughs> I yeah. think it helped a little bit. Yeah. Let me ask you something. We had a piece on Billboard.com, I believe on Tuesday. Um, Billboard.com contributor Andrew Unterberger wrote this piece about Ed Sheeran and his and his connection to Justin Bieber about how, you know, pe- fans of Justin Bieber maybe five years ago, four years ago when he was really coming up are have grown up basically and now are a little bit older and are looking for a new male idol to really get behind. And Ed Sheeran has really filled that role of the, you know, male male pop idol. Uh, what, do, what do you think about that, Keith? Well, that's an interesting theory. Um, well, the, my, my, the, the person, well, my former boss, Jeff Mayfield, had a great theory um, about teen pop stars and sort of the, the pop boy band girl group phenomenon of the early 90s and 80s and so forth because he would always get questions from people asking about you know oh is this the next group is this the next boy band is this the next whoever and he would say you know look a generation that grew up with in sync or backstreet or new kids or britney when they get a little bit older they're going to probably shun that artist yeah because They've gotten older and wiser, and that's like, you know, lame bubblegum pop. <laughs> they want to move on to, like, cool stuff, like cool college alternative music. Like, when exactly. they get to college, they want something that's cool, in quotes. You know, someone that plays a guitar, plays a real instrument, yes. isn't about the dancing and, like, being pretty. So, you know, you move on from Britney to Lana Del Rey. You move on from Justin to perhaps Ed Sheeran. You know, perhaps... You know, a, a, a alternative act. You know, a rock band, um, and and you see that. You see how there's there's ebbs and flows in 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 music where teen pop will have a big moment, and then you know dance pop will be big, and then grunge shows up, and then we get you know hip hop music, but then we have teen pop come back with Hanson and Bop and Spice Girls, but then we get hip hop to come back. It's the ebbs and flows of youth culture growing up and moving from one genre to another as they get move away from artists that are you know not cool anymore exactly i mean if you think about it like a 12 year old girl who was a huge justin bieber fan in 2009 when one time came out or you know you know when the my world 2 ep uh came out in 2010 they're gonna be like 17 now and they're gonna want to listen to like you said some some alternative music ed sheeran kind of fills that role he's he's really likable uh what's funny is is andrew the the our contributor 
said something very similar happened, like you said, the ebbs and flows. Uh, one month before NSYNC's last album, Celebrity, came out in 2001, who uh, quietly debuted uh, in June 2001 was uh, John Mayer with Room for Squares and kind of filled that role, came, uh, became a, a huge alternative artist. Can I, so can I, can it, I tell it, you a short Ed Sheeran story? Hell yeah. Okay, so um, oh, two years ago, I think, at the Billboard Music Awards, um, I was doing the the red carpet for us, and Ed was performing. Um, it was that cool performance where they had he was in the middle of the audience and had a little like light up candle things. And anyway, so I was on the red carpet, and I was asking everyone um, because we were in Vegas. I asked him, you know, what's his favorite thing about Vegas? Because you know, I was asking everyone, what's your favorite yeah. thing about Vegas? What do you like to do here? Because you know, come on, we're in Vegas. And everyone had kind of, you know, the standard like, oh, man, it's so great. I love to party. I love going to bars. I love the show. Cirque du Soleil is awesome. I mean, that, they didn't sound like that. That's just me. So I asked Ed. I'm like, all right, so what's your favorite thing? He's like, oh, I hate it here. I'm like, um, sorry. He's like, no, it's just horrible. It's just Oh, it's just, you know, I mean, he's he like complained about like how hot it is and like the weather and like the people. And I'm like. Okay, we aren't going to use that in any sort of video later, but you're you're he's like, "What? Did I say something wrong?" I'm like, "No, you're totally honest." And so every time you talk to him, like there's no filter. It's just like Ed like telling you exactly what he's thinking, and he has a sense of humor that is just it's really effective and funny. And I think pe- that's why people like him so much because it's just him. He's just it's just him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are parts on this album where he's pretty explicit. And not in like a dangerous way, but it, it just in terms, there's a lot of songs about drinking and smoking on this album. And, uh, you know, like I said, people go into college and they, they want to get into someone a little bit more of an edge, more, a little bit edgier. The so, edgy uh, Ed. The edgy Ed. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, we got to move on, man. Um, so Iggy Azalea, Fancy, featuring Charlie XCX, is still number one on the Hot 100. Um Rude, still number three. Problem in between them. Number two, Ariana Grande. Um, Man, I've been, by the way, speaking, just a quick aside, I've been hyping Ariana Grande's next single called Break Free. It's produced by Zed um, for weeks. And I I feel like, I I hope I don't let people down when they hear it just because I've been saying like, it's so fantastic. It really is that good though. Uh, It's coming out next Wednesday. So I can't wait for people to hear that. Um, Am I Wrong by Nico and Vins, friends of the podcast, Nico and Vins jumps to number four and Sam Smith, stay with me is now in the top five. It's number five. And we said last week, Hey, it might be song of the summer. It, it's not there yet, but it keeps moving up, man. You yep. never know. 10 to five. That's a big jump for it. The, uh, the big debut this week is by our old friends of Maroon five with maps. And that's in the top 20 now, right? It debuts there. Debuts at number 14 by Maroon five maps. Yes. Not quite as a big debut as Payphone, which was the first single from their last album. Uh, maps is the first single from Maroon five's next album, which comes out in September. Um, so comparably not quite off to the same sort of robust start as Payphone was, which was the first single from the last album. Um, but you know, it's only the first week. We'll see how it goes. Where did Payphone debut? Do you know? Do you remember off, off the top of your head? Um, I think it was in the top five, right? I, yeah, I'll tell you in just a second. Um, okay, I'll talk. I'll talk about Maps for a second. Uh, Maroon Five. I mean, they're it's it's kind of crazy to me how reliable they've come in terms of 
producing hits and and really getting that instant reaction. It's 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 crazy to think that size Gangnam Style. Everybody everybody remembers that song, but it never hit number one because One More Night by Maroon Five blocked it. I, I believe it was number one for nine weeks. You gotta and, go back to that one, don't you? Um, Payphone yeah, I, debuted at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 okay. and then peaked at number two. It had a huge um, sales debut. It it did. Um, it actually did 493,000 downloads in its first week. Um, wow, that's huge. Yeah, which Maps did not. <laughs> yeah, Maps sold a little bit less. I'll tell you in just a second. It sold less than 200,000. Um, it actually did 138,000. So okay. kind, kind of a drop off. Yeah, but still number 14 debut. I, I've heard it on the radio a couple times already. Um, not sure how it's doing on our, our radio airplay. It's probably just getting started, but just getting started. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Maroon five, man, they, they're just so steady. And I, I say that, you know, one, one more night was number one, I, I believe for nine weeks. That's, it, it's just a crazy thing to, to think back on because you think about some of the songs that have been number one for two months, you think happy, you know, call me maybe blurred lines. These are all songs that everybody knows that they were some of the biggest songs of the year. One more night. If, if you add, if I ask someone on the street right now, name three Maroon Five songs, they might not even name One More Night. But it was number one for two months. All right, all right, all right. Calm down. If you played, I, hey, if I can't you played be the song, if you played Five. the song for someone, they would know what the song was, though. For sure, yeah. for sure. But it, would you call it their most iconic song? I, I wouldn't. No. But yeah, that's I but mean that's, that's the all beauty my... of the charts. Would you would you have ever <laughs> thought that Madonna's longest running number one hit on the Hot 100 was "Take a Bow"? No, you probably would have thought "Like a Virgin" or something. But no, yeah. "Take a Bow" spent seven weeks at number one, and it's Madonna's longest running number one hit. So yeah, it's funny how these things work out. That's why you're the chart expert, man. I'm just the I'm the crazy pop fan shaking my fist at "One More Night" by Maroon Five. Um, before we uh, before we wrap up. Keith, let's talk about the World Cup a little bit. So you you wanted to talk about this in terms of how this year's World Cup official anthem, which is by Pitbull. Official song. Official song. It's not an official anthem. It is an anthem, but it's just not. It's an official it's very, song. It's very technical because there is something that is the official anthem, and that's not Pitbull. So we got to get it straight. <laughs> okay. So Pitbull is the official song. Yes. And so how is this song doing? Well, yeah, it's not setting the world on fire. Pitbull's song is uh, called uh, We Are One, Ole, Ola, uh, and it's, well, it's it's not setting the world on fire, as we say. Uh, okay. So uh, We Are One, Ole, Ola actually features Jennifer Lopez and Claudia Liette. I'm pronouncing yep. that wrong. And they performed it. Pitbull and J-Lo performed it at the Billboard Musical Awards. Indeed, they, the show. they opened the show. Um, the song has actually peaked at number 59 on the Billboard Hot 100, which isn't exactly huge. Um, yeah. And it, it had kind of, it kind of perked up a week ago after the World Cup um, actually officially started um, because all the excitement from the World Cup and the three of them performed it at the opening ceremonies of the World Cup in uh, Brazil. So that excitement helped drive it back onto the chart. But what's interesting is that there's another song that's actually doing better and it's not the official song. It's actually mm. a song by Shakira who oh. did the last official song. It's, I know, really confusing, isn't it? Um, Shakira's song, which is called Dare, 
La 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 yes. um, is actually a, a bigger hit than the Pitbull track, um, which is weirdly interesting. Um, it actually, and it's not even like an official song. It's not even an official anthem. The official anthem is actually a track by Santana, um, believe it or not. Um, this song, Dare La La La, was originally on Shakira's English album that came out earlier this year. And it was just called yes. uh, Dare La La La. Uh, now they remixed it and called it La 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 Brazil 2014 and changed some of the lyrics to make them soccer themed. Oh. And they made a video that has a bunch of soccer players in it and, you know, her boyfriend who's also a soccer player. Um, that makes sense, yeah. And so now, and it's also on the official World Cup album. Uh, so now this song has actually caught fire and become a bigger hit than the song that's actually the official song. And it's also kind of ironic because four years ago, because the World Cup happens every four years, four years ago, Shakira had the official song with uh, Waka Waka, this time for Africa. And four years yeah, later... The, the f- also the Fozzie Bear official song. <laughs> yes. And now four years later, she doesn't even have the official song, but she might as well, considering her song is more popular than Pitbull's. It's like other artists are trying to encroach on her World Cup power, and she's like, no, I'm I'm taking back the crown this year. Um, you yeah. can't stop me. So, so, so this week, just to recap, just this just to recap, this week on the Hot 100, We Are One, Oleola drops 59 to 85 on the Hot 100. And Shakira's Dare um, does drop mind you. It goes 53 to 60, but it's holding on a lot better than the Pitbull track. Um, Got it. So, but, it, and that, and her song is so freaking catchy. It's, an, it's, it's, it's insane how the thing just, it's like an earworm and it sticks in your head after a while. Yeah. I remember listening to it on the, on the, the album version and the, the new version's way better. Oh, really? Yes. I don't, I, so I haven't heard the new version. I haven't seen the soccer themed it's, video yeah because the but, original version was like you know you're gonna like dare on the dance floor you know are you going to dance with me blah blah, blah. and it you know it had sort of shakira's kind of like weird stilted you lyrics dare to kick the ball yeah and this one's all about soccer and you know moving forward and, and when you listen to it it totally works and it totally makes sense wow i gotta check that out have you been watching the world cup at all i have Keith? i've i have been paying attention to it looking forward to uh, the big uh, u.s germany game on Thursday, um, and the concurrent game that will be happening at the same time in our group. If you follow the World Cup, it's a lot of math and charts and numbers. So, um, oh, that's why you like it. On the one oh. hand, I'm geeking out about like, all right, so you got a tie, but then you win by this many points, and maybe you'll move on to the next round. And now the other end, you're like, okay, it's exciting to make goals, and there's dudes running around in shorts. That's kind of fun too. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of the best of both worlds. Do you eat, maybe we should do instead of the chart stat of the week this week we'll do the World Cup stat of the week and you'll uh, you'll break down drop some math on us about the World Cup. I did not know you were into it because you're not a big sports guy. No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I, I it's kind of like you know every four years you become interested in it just like every four years people become interested in like swimming at the Olympics. You know, it's I'm interested but I'm not like super interested. I think if it was on TV more in America, we actually would be more interested. But Americans are kind of you know we don't we don't get much soccer here in the states. Very true. So we'll keep an eye on Shakira's unofficial anthem, Pitbull's official an- official song, yes. excuse me, um, and the official anthem by Santana 
lots of World Cup music going on as the tournament keeps going. So, Keith, before we get to your charts out of the week, just really quickly, man, I, I just I want to you know take a second chat with you, talk about some of our favorite music of 2014 so far. There's been so much. It seems like this year has been so great for new music releases just in terms of both singles and albums. And I wanted to pick your brain a little bit, man, uh, what, what you can recommend to our listeners, um, as, you know, as we get the, the best of lists of, uh, the past six months cobbled together. Wow. Is this where I just start telling you songs? <laughs> yeah, man. How about one song and one album? Whoa, man. I, Dude, I know, I know. I'm putting you on the spot. I hate that. I do. I'm literally looking at every song that's ever debuted on the Hot 100 in the past, like (laughs) since 2000, since 2014. So you can recommend "Rude" by Magic. That's what you can recommend. No, that's not going to be my recommendation. (laughs) See, you, you're mean for doing this. I can't. Um, I. What's up? Let's let's go. No, you go first. I got. Okay, I'll go first. All right. So in terms of an album, um, one of my favorite albums of the year. And an album that I've been listening to actually for the past six months in full because it came out just at the top of 2014 is Transgender Dysphoria Blues by Against Me. And it's, you know, obviously people know the backstory about Lara Jane Grace and this album and this band. But this album and its 10 tracks are some of the best rock music you'll hear all year. If you haven't checked that out, they've been touring like nonstop and just, just check out this album. Even if you're not a, a huge rock fan like I'm not, this album is definitely worth discovering. Um, in terms of songs, you know, one of my favorite songs this year is uh, from the New Zealand duo Broods, who have actually worked with Joel Little, the producer behind Lord's Pure Heroin album. So they released a self-titled EP, I believe, in February. And the last song on that album, Coattails, is the jam of all jams. I love that song. Definitely one of my favorites of the year. Check out Broods. Uh, I believe it's on Spotify. And they've been touring a little bit. They're, they're going to drop some new music soon, hopefully. Keith, uh, I'm going back to you, man. All right. Well, they're not new, but I think they're still new to a lot of people. Okay. Um, I feel like people are just now discovering who Disclosure is. Um, okay. And I know the album came out like a million years ago. And Did? their song Latch came out like almost two years ago, but it's now a top 20 hit in the US. And they've got that, it, they've, you know, they've got the Sam Smith connection. They've got the Mary J. Blige connection. You know, they're possibly working with Madonna. So um, there's a lot of great stuff happening with Disclosure. And I'm, I personally can't get enough of that remix that they did with Mary J. Blige on F for You. Well, that is, yeah. So that is from 2014. So if you want to, if you want to shout out, that will F be for my you shout featuring out. Mary F, J. Blige. The, the remix okay. of F for You. <laughs> I think okay. that might have been January. We're, we're pushing it almost. Yeah. Um, I don't, and I don't really have an album. I'm more of a singles dude, unfortunately. Um, so mm. I'm just going to, I'm going to play dumb and say I don't have an album. I mean, unless you want to say, like, you know, no, I'm not going to go there. An, I, I don't an, have an album, album that I think you'll like. We could do that. Um, no, we won't do that. You know what? You know what I what I think you'd really actually enjoy. And another thing I've written down is the Licky Lee album. I never learned. I think you'd really like that. It, it definitely has like it's not a Madonna vibe, but it, it has that kind of orchestral power pop that I think you'd really connect with. So I'm going to send you the Licky Lee album right after this show is done. But before we go. Keith, and before I send you music that you might ignore, let's get to your charts out of the week. 
Boom. Okay, so we were talking about Shakira's dare, la la la, earlier. And I was wondering how many songs with the words la 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 have actually charted on the Billboard Hot 100? Hmm. Maybe Are you going to make me guess? Are you going to? I'm not guessing. No, no, okay. no. You're not going to guess because that's <laughs> we're not going to go down that road. It, it always just it turns into a horrible disaster. Well, what, well there's another song on the Hot 100 right now with La La La. It's by Naughty Boy. Indeed. There are two La 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 songs on the Hot 100 right now. Naughty Boy okay. featuring Sam Smith, La La La, and Shakira's Dare, and then parenthetical La La La. Here are some other La 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 songs that have charted. Uh, Auburn featuring Ayaz, La La La. LMFAOs, yeah. la la la. I know, right? ATCs yeah. around the world, la 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 oh, la la. Oh, ATC. Yeah. Uh, inner Circles Sweat, a la 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 long. I know, okay. this is great. And we're almost done. Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, crazy about the la la la. Uh, Bobby Sherman's, la la la, if I had you. Okay. Uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers, because I know you love Jerry and the Pacemakers. <laughs> oh, my favorite. With La La La. Um, the Blindells with La 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 La. Uh, <laughs> this is crazy. D- Dean and You're Gene. just making up songs right now, which no, is no. awesome. These are all real. You're like LMFAO with La 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 La. Dean and Gene, which must have been like some weird permutation of, of Dan and Gene. Uh, they had a song called sure. Tra La 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 Susie. <laughs> Okay. And then uh, the first uh, the first La 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 song to chart on the Hot 100 was actually uh, by Ike and Tina Turner. It was called Tra La 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 in 1962. So there you go, the history of La 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 on the Hot 100. Wow. That's a that's an amazing chart stat. I, I will say, I, I wish that um, Cobra Starship song, it's called You Make Me Feel... I think you make me feel. Yeah, and then you make go, me feel. Dot dot dot. Like la 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 la. Uh, another good la 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 song, even though it's not in the title. Keith, an amazing chart out of the week. Thanks. All right, man. We got to wrap this up, but next week we will be checking in on Ed Sheeran's big debut, what it's going to look like, and we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff next week. I think next week is going to be, you know, the the releases are quieting down a little bit um we'll have we'll have some fun we got some stuff planned um can't really give away too much keith do you have any parting words la 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 (laughs) thanks man uh we're gonna go out on atc around the world la 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 the the some would say the the jam of all la 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 jams uh thanks for listening and take care Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.